Hey everybody and welcome back to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph McLeod. I'm the owner and artistic director of the SoCap Improv Comedy Theater in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're at 154 Danforth Avenue above the Black Swan Tavern. On the second and third floor, we have improv classes. Uh, we have like weekly classes, like a committed class that you can take. Um, we have drop-in classes, pay-as-you-go if, uh, if that's more suited to your lifestyle, uh, classes for beginners, uh, geared mainly towards people who are not interested in performing, at least at the entry levels, but then we do have some advanced classes that, is, that are specifically for people who want to get on stage and uh, perform improv because it is uh, very addictive and very, very fun. I was talking to my daughter today about uh, work, and uh, I found a, a, a game that uh, you know teaches uh, skills. She's in grade four, and uh, y- you know I was saying like, well, after school, you know, you have to do your homework. And she winked at me and said, "Yeah, homework. It's fun." And I'm like, "Well, just because it's fun doesn't mean it's not homework, right? Work can be fun and should be fun, and that's you know." I'm so blessed because my job is improvising and teaching improv, and uh, I love going to work. I have the best job in the world. Very blessed. Um, anyway, yeah, improv classes, shows, events. You could rent our theater and put on your own show, uh, and on and on and on. And this uh, this podcast is about improvisation uh, for the stage and also, uh, for, uh, why improv or how improv can be a benefit to you in your everyday life from helping you with small talk, uh, overcoming your self-consciousness, uh, embracing your self-confidence, uh, expanding the, your comfort zone. I don't like to say get out of your comfort zone. That's terrifying, but expanding it and making things that uh, were once outside it inside your comfort zone. I like to think of it that way, like a bubble that you uh, can push against and get bigger and bigger and start encompassing things that were once outside it, which is one reason why I encourage people to get on stage, even if they're not into it, um, at least at first. But if it's something, I mean, if, if, if getting on stage is not on anybody's radar, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you should do it. Uh, but those people who express an interest, who are tr- who have a lot of trepidation about it, I give a gentle encouragement when they're ready. And we do do a show on Thursday called Things to Do Tonight, and that show is an introduction, and, and people do get on stage in a very supportive, friendly, warm, encouraging environment so that people, uh, as much as possible, have a good experience. And, and by and large, most people have a pretty great experience. Um, it's very rare for someone to come and do that show once and then never do it again. Uh, there's actually, um, as on the day of this recording, that show is tonight, and there's a bunch of people who have done it, uh, who just started doing it maybe five or six weeks ago, and they're trying now to get into it every week. So that's very encouraging and fun and uh, rewarding. Uh, great. So uh, today what I want to talk about is a particular uh, kind of scene. I think last my last podcast was on uh, a process scene. And uh, this is, um, well, a kind of scene, but more, more about uh, the relationships that characters make once a scene starts. Uh, certainly for people who are new, 
this concept of who am I in a scene or and who are is the other person or other people who are they is a bit foreign um but as soon as you, you know you appear on stage whether that's in front of an audience or in a class and you're doing like a, an improvised scene um the expectation that everybody has is that you are not yourself anymore you are now a character that character may be quite like you um but since you know you're meeting uh, I mean almost always an improv scene has at least two people in it uh, you can do solo improv but even then it's generally going to be one person playing multiple characters which is a fun a fun activity and, and certainly a worthwhile exercise in a classroom um, anyway when we begin a scene uh, with two people there's a we, we start and from the audience's point of view, it's a it's a blank, it's a blank slate. You can be literally anyone or anything. You know the 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 uh, sort of physics of the universe that you're creating is as broad as your imagination and our imaginations. And think of it like you know any kind of story. A story can take place in our universe. It can take place in the distant past, in the far future. It can be a universe where the physics is very different from ours, where people can fly, where animals or inanimate objects can talk. You know, it's, it's completely wide open. And so one of the first things um, that we kind of look to establish is context. The context of who, what, where, if you like, or starting conditions or the world as it is. Um, it's who am I looking at? Um, and... Um, for uh, newer improvisers, especially, uh, there is a often they don't take that into consideration of like, oh, people will just either they'll know who we are or they don't even think about it. I think it's more the latter. They're not even thinking about, oh, right, we have to establish who we are and let the audience or those people watching us whether it is an audience, if you're on stage, or the other members of the class, if it's in a classroom, uh, who we are. And, you know, and that's, uh, it's, it's one of, it can be quite overlooked. And there are schools where they will, that it will be drilled into you. Get out your who, what, where as fast as possible. That's not my approach, but I do recognize that um, context is very important. Um and which I won't go into today. I think I've probably talked about it before, but um, it is important. Uh, I, you know, it's not, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, in my head, if I've seen scenes where we don't know who the people are and I, yeah, and it's possible, but uh, by and large, it's one of those best practices that we want to have an idea of who are we watching? Is this a couple? Is it, you know, parents and their kids? Is it siblings? Uh, are they to strangers? And that's what I want to get into today is uh, there's because often, and especially again with newer improvisers, there's a tendency to play scenes in which there are two strangers. Um, and um, it's kind of a trap in, 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 in the way that um, when we play scenes that are strangers, one thing that we have to figure out an extra layer is why would these two people interact? Uh, now, if you do a scene with a couple and they're making dinner, 
and we're not going to make the scene about making dinner. It's going to that's just what's happening, you know, to keep their hands busy and root us in a time and a place. And uh, but you know, um, we kind of already know the things that will come up, you know, the the sort of issues, points of discussion, what's at stake for people in a romantic relationship. You know, and, and even if you ha- have not been fortunate fortunate enough to be in a romantic relationship, we've seen it enough on in stories that we kind of get what goes on. You know, there are discussions about uh, money, uh, children, uh, time spent together, uh, chores around the house. There's there's a myriad of things that will come up that that are great fodder for. Um, Scenes, you know, um, you know, always things, hopefully, always things that are somehow tied to the emotions of the characters, right? Uh, if again in a romantic relationship, it you know, I, one of my favorite things to always talk about is infidelity because it, it does create such um, reverberations throughout a relationship. Or maybe the passage of time has dulled the romantic interest in uh, two individuals. Or um, issues about children or money or time spent together. These are all things that would engage the actors, the characters' emotions. And um, are, I wouldn't say fairly easy to navigate, but easier to navigate because these are situations that are familiar to us. Again, even if you've not been in a romantic relationship, you kind of get the idea that, oh, you know, during the beginning of our relationship, we couldn't keep our hands off each other. And now like six months or two years or 10 years or 20 years later, I'm not that interested in you romantically anymore. That is certainly something that, 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 that happens, that comes up, that is relatable but anyway, in a in a situation where we play two strangers, it's harder to figure out well what's at stake, right? What why would these two people have a conversation? Now that's not to say that it can happen. It certainly can. I've seen it happen multitudes of times. But you are creating yourself an extra layer of difficulty when you play two strangers who are just meeting randomly on a park bench. So this is one reason why uh, to get into a state of context becomes important because if you are just two random people, well then, okay, that's fine. But why are we having a conversation? What do you want? You know, and that's, that's an extra thing we've got to figure out because without that, it's really hard. It's much more difficult to engage the interest of anybody watching and your own interest too. You know, um, it's always interesting when you know when a, when a scene is so easy for participants to do and they finish the scene and it's over and they're like well that was i you know i felt great i i wasn't i didn't have to think about anything i wasn't worried those scenes are almost always because it's a very familiar situation something very relatable very simple a plot that you could you know you could sum up the plot of a scene in one sentence those are usually the ones that people have the easiest time with, the most fun doing. Easy and fun go together. Uh, but strangers, it's like, ah, what are we going to do? And often these scenes involve a level of uh, vague conflict, negativity, 
Not much happens. No emotions are really engaged other than, again, that vague negativity. I'd rather be somewhere else. And everybody's bored to death and they want to go home. So if you play two people and you discover, oh, we're strangers. We, I encourage you to try to figure out what do I want? Why am I here? What's going on? When I started uh, in the 90s, I guess, uh, over 30 years ago now, haha, um, we were encouraged if we were playing strangers to make it a pickup scene, a romantic scene. Because the feeling at the time was, well, what else would, you know, two strangers have in common other than the fact that they, you know, one is trying to pick up the other one. Uh, Now, that will work, you know. Uh, And if you are doing that, make sure, especially if you are the character doing the pursuing, that your scene partner is totally on board with that. Not the character, but the actor, right? The, The actor who's playing it with you needs to know what you're doing and is also fully engaged in, okay, we're, we're playing the game, the seduction game, and you're pursuing me, and I'm totally fine with that. Because if they're not, the scene will be very cringeworthy and do something else. But there are multitudes of reasons why two strangers could engage with each other. And um, so my, my advice, in, if you do find yourself uh, with a stranger is to really say yes a lot to everything. And also there's this notion of reciprocation. So whatever they ask, uh, you ask back, you know, quid pro quo. Uh, Hey, is this your first time here at the Starbucks? It certainly is. Yes. Yes, it is. You? Have you been here before? Oh, I've been here multitudes of times. So whatever you can ask, reflect it back. And uh, the second thing I would really encourage you to do, other than saying the yes, is to like. Like whatever's going on. The person, find them interesting. It doesn't have to be romantically. Just like, you're cool. I like you. Uh, And then together we can discover why these characters are together and what's going on. Uh, I've seen a lot of really fun stranger scenes that... Oh, it it, it does lead to a lot of discovery because one thing about, about... about stranger scenes, they are risky. And at the end, if you make some discovery, you know, like, oh, this isn't a chance meeting. It turns out that we've discovered that character A set this whole thing up because they wanted to meet character B for whatever reason. Uh, You know, I've seen many scenes where that character B turns out to be like the long lost child of character A or sibling or something like that. And if it's not too contrived, they can actually be quite fun to watch and see that discovery lighten up. Or uh, many times it's been, oh, it's actually character A is an assassin who's been sent to kill character B. And at the very end, ah, that we figure, we find out that, uh, or whatever, whatever reason is less interesting than the fact that, oh, this wasn't a chance meeting. They, one of the characters knew the other character and they set it up on purpose for whatever reason, whether good reasons or bad reasons. But those discoveries are, are often quite fun. Uh, like any discovery that is made on stage in front of an audience, when everybody discovers this thing at the same time, the participants, those watching, it's one of the magic moments of, of improvisation that makes everybody feel part of a community and uh, makes everybody feel good. 
So, Stranger Scenes, uh, I, um, you know, I, I, especially at the beginning, I would say try not to do them. Even now, I don't do many Stranger Scenes. Um, I try to, well, that's not that I try to, I just, um, you know, one thing after doing this for so long is my brain is hard, hardwired. My brain is now really wired towards making context, making decisions very quickly. You know, I just, um, my brain just tells me, oh, this is your brother or this is your whatever. And then I just know it and feel it. And then the majority of the time, even if I'm working with a student, someone relatively new, they get it too. They just feel it. And another one of the magic things about improvisation, if if you have a clear idea in your head of what you're doing, it's just transmitted to people. You don't have to say, hello, brother. Uh, people just get, oh, you're my brother. Yeah, yeah you just feel it. Um, not everybody, not everybody. And certainly it's a, it's something that is developed over time. Uh, as people play more often, they they begin to listen differently, and and listen. You know, listening is more than just listening with your ears, right? It's it's listening with your eyes and your senses and your your whole body, um, having your consciousness wide open and not narrowly focused in your you know in the part of your brain where you're searching for funny things to say or interesting things to say. Um, you know, the invention process, that's not going to, in general, uh, work very well for you. Anyway, that's my thing for today. Uh, Stranger Scenes, uh, if you do them, just try to look for the connection. Why are we here? What's going on? Who is this person? What do I want from them? Do you know, am I a goodie or a baddie? You know, do I want them? Do I want money from them? You know, like, am I trying to, in some way, take advantage of them or get something from them. Am I the antagonist in the scene or am I the hero? And I'm just trying to make a friend because uh, that works too. But look for the connection. Um, okay, thanks uh, for tuning in. We'll see you next time here back at uh, the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. Take care. Bye.